everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Money can't buy happiness. It is happiness. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Dude, I'm good, and I'm I'm, hum- I'm pumped because uh, I have I'm a- humped, too, baby. I'm humped. <laughs> ah, we're, we're past the hump day. Yeah, we passed. Yeah, this is past hump day. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm drinking a Nitro Black House with coffee, coconut, and coca, and it even breaks down like the type of the beans. It says the gravity is... 1.019, which I think you know, yep. but there's an SRM of 33, which yep. I don't know at all what that means. That's the color of the beer. Oh, okay. What does IBU mean? International Bittering Units. 30. That's that's yeah. the number. So that's that's how bitter it is, which is low. Mm-hmm. It's low bitterness. Yeah. And uh, it's high CRM, so 30 is like dark. Does IBU go up to 100? It's like uh, No, I mean, uh, no. Uh, Dogfish Head did a Beer forty or something would be no. So so you're thinking of uh um, one twenty, and they're. I thought they even had a two forty though. They actually have one that is. Oh man, if I can't. Oh, it's like it's called. I don't know. It's some weird. Oh oh oh, Lottie, oh Lottie <laughs> is the name of the beer. Uh, I think it clocked in at like six hundred and fifty IBUs. It's ridiculous. Oh my it's the, god, it's, it's the highest IBU beer on record. Wow. Yeah. I've not had it, but that's what that's why they call it that. Um, yeah, it, that's the only way to get the true duck face is to drink that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I I am drinking a American Solera beer. I'm not sure if this is from Robert or not, um, but it is a. It's called Little Foo. It was in two thousand ten. Or the bottle. Of the bottle. It's pretty. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's uh. It's called Little Foo. Uh, it was made in 2018. It's an oak-aged farmhouse ale, only 4% alcohol. So I'll be doing all go. right today. And it's very delicious. I'm, I'm at 5.8, which is... Oh, that's not bad for like a mm. nitro coffee stout. Yeah, it's got so it's, uppers and downers. Yeah, it's not an imperial. All right, cool. Well, good. Um, our catchphrase today comes from Katrina. And that, and that specific uh, line is from Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock. Ah, yeah. That's why I had to. Ch- I, I I chose today's uh, catchphrase. My one of my favorite shows of all time. So, Thirty Rock is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Katrina, for that. And of course, we need some more catchphrases. So please send them in. Listen, Money Matters at Gmail or you can tweet us at Money Matters Man. So there we go. Uh, today we are talking about the importance of net worth. Hold, wait for it. And where you should be at what age. So I know we talk a lot mm. about net worth on this show, but we're going to go uh, a little bit further and dive into exactly what net worth is. So I'll. And where, based on your age, you should be. Yep. And how to calculate it, how to track it, all the things. This is just all things net worth. If you're not doing this, listen to this episode. So, Matt. Yeah. What is what does net worth mean to you, or, or what does it mean? I, you know what? So I, I used to not track it because it was low. You know, <laughs> um, now I like it because it's like the it's like my grade, it's like mm. my financial grade. Uh, it, you know, it's like, am I doing okay? Am I not doing okay? Am I rich or am I not rich? You know, it's sort of that big number, and it's a difference between your assets and your liabilities. So if you take your assets, like everything that you own or anything that you have in cash or anything that you have in house car, all that stuff. Yeah. 
and you minus your liabilities, which um, your mortgage, mortgage, your car yeah, loan. yeah, anything that you owe money to, that is your net worth. So, you know, I, uh, I have, for example, like I have a house in Jersey, mm-hmm. which I bitch about a lot on the show, and it is worth, according to the Zestimate, according to Zillow through Mint, uh, I think it's worth one thirty-five, and I oh. owe one twenty-nine. So my net worth is, Not and cool. it, it, just <laughs> yeah, just those two numbers, my net worth is six thousand dollars. Mm. Right, so. I wanted to look, and, and I wanted to give an example. So, like, and that was you, with zero percent down, right? That was with zero percent down, <laughs> and a like five hundred fifty credit score, or whatever it was at the time. So, like, if you have two hundred thousand dollars in total assets and one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in total liabilities, your net worth would be equal to seventy-five thousand dollars. So, you just take two thousand, two hundred thousand, and you minus the one hundred twenty-five thousand, and that gets you your net worth. Now. I wanted to look and, and student dive. loans also count as liabilities. Well, I want to go into each one because, like, I think the word asset and liability, like, it's it was conf- it's confusing sometimes. It's like written for actuaries, like it's like uh, double speak. Yeah, you know, it's like thick. Well, I was doing this research, research, and they're like, a boat is an asset. I'm like, in what world is a fucking boat an asset? I mean, if you could sell it and make money, then it's an asset. And that's the thing, like, that's if you own the boat, a hundred percent. Right, uh, my brain is just like no, you you know you you uh, you have a loan out on their boat. You have a boat loan, mm. so that's that's the that's the liability part. So um, assets are anything of value or a resource of value that can be converted into cash. Which, okay, well then that's a, that that means a lot of things, right? So that mm. means literal cash that you have on hand. Well, your podcast microphone is an asset, yeah, because you could sell it. Because I could sell know. it. Um, the problem with that, cause I, uh, there was like, for example, uh, just to kind of riff, rif, you know, rifle these off cash, CDs, money market accounts, property, you know, uh, annuities, bonds, life insurance policies, mutual funds, pensions, retirement plans, IRAs, 401k stocks. But then, but uh, like all of those make sense to me. Those are the things we talk about the most. When I was doing the research, I was like, well, they mentioned collectibles, household furnishings, jewelry, and vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's obviously if you own them outright, but I'm like, do you do you calculate that into your net worth? So I don't calculate yeah, I don't like, either. Like my couch into my net worth. Right. If I had a fifty thousand dollar couch, damn right, I would calculate that into my net worth. Um, but like you know, it's important, I guess, to consider the value because obviously like insurance, like homeowners insurance could cover it if there's like a fire. Sure. sure. And, you know, of all of the things that Laura and I own and some things are expensive, some are not like my fridge, probably more expensive than my laptop, but I consider my laptop an asset. Yeah. And I know it'll retain value, you know, easier to sell than a fridge. Okay. So that is an asset. I don't necessarily put any of my personal belongings under that category. They into be, your net worth. You into mean. my net worth calculation. Yeah, yeah, I same. just just avoid it because it's because it, then like there's we really it's hard to measure over time because your because your laptop loses value over time, your car loses value mm-hmm. over time, your boat, you know, your Phone. collectibles, like your your if you have like baseball cards, I mean they 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 change constantly, which I guess mm-hmm. stocks do too. But we have software out there that measures that automatically yeah. like there's no real software that measures you know if your couch couch value goes up or down and i think the thing is like 
stocks specifically or things traded on the market because it's so liquid. Yeah. Like if I need to sell my iPhone, I have to go to Facebook Marketplace, yeah. probably beg Laura to do it. We have to <laughs> right. communicate with a hundred thousand people yeah. and then do like a CD meetup where we do like the switch of cash and item. But if you're yeah. to sell Apple stock, like boom, in one second, you got your money. Yep. Crazy. So then there's the liability part, which is really simple. The liability is really easy. It's an obligation to or something that you owe somebody else. So mortgage, credit card, debt, car loan, student loan, any loans, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so those all go against your your assets, which give you your net worth. And that's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like I said earlier, I was like, I like, I like knowing it because it's my grade. It's like, what's one number to rule them all? Yeah. It's either good or bad, right? And, and you could yeah. watch your progress over the years, you know, so you could see like, did I do good in this yeah. last year? Am I going up or am I going down? Right. Um, and every decision you make and everything you spend and everything you buy and everything that you, you know, and, and uh, the market, like all of it affects it, like everything affects it. So mm-hmm. you could, you know, even, you know, we can, we're going to talk about tracking in a little bit, but if you have a, tr- a tracking uh, an app that tracks your net worth automatically. Every time you log in, it's going to be different. Oh yeah, you know like I mean? Apple releases their earnings. If you own Apple, like yeah. it could be up, it could be down as a result. Yeah, if you're using the Zestimate of Zillow and you and you own a house, that's that goes up and down, and your mortgage doesn't. I mean, your mortgage Not goes to mention down over the time. Day but. of the month, you know, did you? Is it the day before you pay your mortgage, and maybe your net worth is higher than mm. usual, and then the day after you just right. paid your mortgage? Yep. And so I can I see it fluctuate, but if you extrapolated over time you notice it going up you're good to go so why without like what else why is it so important like why is it a more important metric than because it's i think it's the most important metric Mm. in any personal finance strategy net worth is the most accurate measure of wealth so you could call it your net wealth right i absolutely agree and i think it is a maybe the best way to quantify how uh, good you will be yeah. when you retire or how much uh, you can do, right? Like what kind of risks you can take. If you have a negative net worth, maybe you shouldn't be buying options on the stock market. It's extremely risky. It takes into account the things that you own, takes into account the the portion of that you owe other people. Yep. And at the end of the day, you buy a house, you have a mortgage, and you have to put some money down. So that's a positive net worth action. Yeah. Because you have more than you owe. Yep. Right? It's that simple. Uh, helps you track if you're doing good or bad. Mm. That's simple. Uh, moving the financial focus beyond income alone, because I am certainly... That's certainly been the only way that I measured if I was doing well or not. It was like, am I making money? Great. But it's and like that's the most typical metric. People yeah. are, you know, income rich, net worth poor. You know, there's this whole thing where it's like these people who are earning a hundred thousand a year and more literally have negative net worths. Right. Because they, they're just because they have high mortgages, they got a ton of loans out, student loans. Like, yeah, they could have, you know, these people who seemingly look rich, you know, on the face are not. 
And then the ones who are rich and don't look it in the face, like when they wear black hoodies from Old Navy, mm. they could be super rich. Full Old Navy outfit right Full here. Old Navy. So, so <laughs> Definitely cost at least $15. You never know. But that's the ultimate number. If you want to know if somebody's truly rich or not, and not that you should go looking at people's uh, net worths or whatever, like unless, they, unless you ask them politely, like I do, um, you get a true sense of on what, what you basically understand what's going on. It's really interesting. Um, it avoids the overemphasis on asset value alone. So it's like, yeah, I own, you know, you could be like, who, the, you know, this motherfucker that we have running things over here. You know, he's like, I own all this shit. And it's like, yeah, but you're in massive debt. So you're not rich. You're, you know, that's the thing. Right. You may own a home that's worth five hundred thousand dollars, but right. if you owe four hundred ninety nine thousand dollars, like far less impressive than if you owe zero. I mean, think about people who just call themselves like real estate moguls. They, they, you know, they could have a, a lot of that wrapped up in mortgages. Yeah, and so that's you, often what happens with rental properties and stuff. Is yeah. you know, we Laura and I have an astronomical amount of debt, but you know, it's relative to. That's it, and that's why it, you know. It takes away from that that emphasis on assets alone. Mm. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I own four houses. Okay, but you're in debt. Who really owns balls. most of those houses? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it also puts your debt level into perspective, and it provides motivation to eliminate debt because mm. you're like, because here's the thing, and we'll get to this too. Like, there are two ways to increase your net worth: reduce debt or increase your assets. Yeah. You know, so I had this really good friend, uh, he was 32 and he celebrated his zero day where him and his wife collectively were worth zero dollars because they were negative for yeah. so long. That's that's I was negative for a long time, too. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And uh, net worth can also be important when applying for a loan, mm. which I did not know, <laughs> but makes sense. Just, you know, if, if they have to go after you. Are they going to be able to get something? Right, right. Lenders are uh, <laughs> interested in knowing like what that is to determine whether or not they're going to approve you for a loan. So it's like, that makes sense. All right. So, um, you know, we mentioned that, or, you know, it's a very simple math. Assets minus liabilities. That's all it mm -hmm. is. That's the, that's the equation, right? So you can do that. You could just sit down right now with a calculator and a piece of paper and a pencil and you could figure out your net worth by just like writing down all of your assets, adding them all up and then taking all your liabilities, adding them all up and then minusing or, you know, subtracting the two and then that's your net worth. Right. So, but there's an easier way there's yeah, obviously, <laughs> right. Oh, come on. That's what we do here. But you can use something like either personal capital or mint mm. that will automatically bring all of those. I mean, you don't, you have to kind of enter that data in, but then it, but then it keeps track of it. Well, so what they will do is, so for example, if you use per, actually both personal capital and Mint, you kind of sync your accounts. They have yeah. read-only access, but they essentially pull in your transactions. They mm -hmm. see your balances, which is enormously easier than yep. you know trying to tally this stuff up. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it keeps track of it. So when things change, it changes, which you is what like you really literally want. see the day by day. Yeah, and it's free. Both of them mm -hmm. are free. Yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and, 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 um, push mint more than I'm going to push personal mm -hmm. capital because I did try personal capital and I liked personal capital, but I felt as though mint 
had a little bit more robust features when it came to like budgeting and um, goal setting when it came to like they're they're very defined in who they want their audience to be right mint is second to none for budgeting excellent and i grew up on it i there's nothing better personal capital tries to do it and to a degree they do doesn't hold the candle to mint right um personal capital I believe does far better in tracking assets, mm-hmm. perhaps assets that aren't just stock market assets, and projecting what might happen in the retirement. Future. Like kind of like plotting. Mint is, I believe, uh, phase one solution, and and we, Laura and I, use them in tandem. Yeah, yeah. So do I, um, but I tend to log into Mint a little bit more. Plus, I like the design better. Mm. That's just me, but. Um, let me real quick run through what at, like some assets. If you're going to do this manually, or even if you're going to add this stuff into Mint, this is what you're going to need to add. Um, and you're not going to have all of these things, but if you do have them, check them out. So one, first, add up all your assets. That's the fun part, right? Cash on hand, cash in the bank, cash in your pocket, all the cash, CDs, treasury bills, money market funds, 401ks, 403Bs. Traditional or Roth IRAs, solo 401ks, real estate, your house, if you have any rental properties. Uh, you could, and this is where we were like, eh, yeah, we don't do it, but you could. Um, if you fully outright own cars, furniture, jewelry, expensive stuff, um, you know. You- I would count cars regardless because usually it comes with such a loan or whatever. You need it to offset. Yeah, and you it's can, a big and you could always per- hawk it if you yeah. yeah, it's a big purchase. And if you've made like a really big purchase, like jewelry, I know some people consider mm. that. Yeah. So like if you wanted to add that in there, you could. I'm certainly gonna increase your net worth. And it would be accurate, right? I just yeah. I just not I don't include them. I don't include those things. Um and then next you want to add up your liabilities. So that would be that would include your mortgage, uh car loans. Boat loans, if you have a boat, motorcycle loans, any Hopefully loans. Hopefully you don't have a boat. <laughs> I don't have a boat, no. Uh, student loans, credit card debt, mm. if you had personal loans, medical debts. So if you owe, if you have to, if you have outstanding medical bills, tax liabilities, if you mm. owe taxes, and then you tally up those numbers on both sides, yeah, minus the assets to the liabilities, and that will give you your net worth. And I think it's not worth doing it manually. Just set up Mint or Personal Capital. It's fucking free. And then set free. alerts up so you yeah. can get notifications for things that happen. It's free. It will put things into perspective. And the first thing I would do is start tackling debt. But anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about that. So um, after the break, we're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about your net worth and where you should be according to how old you are and how to improve your net worth right away and we're back Woo! oh what a break it was like a week-long break i know <laughs> so crazy. actually almost three weeks wow if anyone knew how the magic of podcasting really worked <laughs> um all right well in this i want to talk about the average net worth by age and this was super helpful when mm. doing this research because this sort of gives you or gave me at least an indicator on how you know if i'm hitting my goals or not depending on how old i am and 
so we did this research. All of the numbers that we're going to share here are from the Federal Reserve in 2016. Right. And we say average net worth, but I want to make a clear distinction between two things. One, the median versus the average and how different those things really are. So the average or the mean that's and not sum. like a mean girl, like just <laughs> so the average. The average, like you learn in school, is the sum of all the incomes of all the people divided by, in this case, the number of households. Right. The problem with the average, though, is we live in a country where there's Jeff Bezos, who's like, and his now uh, ex-wife, <laughs> who is like the second richest person in the world or whatever it was, right? Excuse like use it extremely, like how do you compete with someone earning billions a year, right? Right. Drags so, the average up a little bit. Yeah. It's like the, you know, what, what's in like in high school when you have the curve, right? It's like the smart kids bring it up and the dumb kids bring it down. Is that how it works? I don't know how it yeah. works. But anyway. All right. So that's the average, right? We will all understand how that works. Um, but the median is, uh, so the median is a what? It, we'll explain media. Yes, I was like, I was like, all right. I'm yeah, raising put, my hand yeah. over here. Big yeah, me, I'm gonna, big me. I'm just gonna lob it over. <laughs> so the median is the middle value, and so you know where the average is like the sum total divided by the number of households, but mm -hmm. it's skewed towards extremes because the of median, so much capital, right? Money, right? The median accounts for that by being the middle value. So right. There's half of the households on one side, half on the other. Right. So, so that is the median value. And the median net worth of a single U.S. household is $97,300, whereas the average is $692,100. So you can hmm. see how different they really are. A stark difference between like the lives that some live you know, versus, yeah. Right, so that means that the median figure that we're going to talk about may be a better indicator of where you stand relative to your friends and neighbors, uh, but the overall figures are just one indicator. So, and, and obviously, like location comes into account. Totally. Like if you uh, are literally in like the dead center of the U.S., your number will be drastically different than someone who's like in the dead center of New York City. Right. So these are just simple basis indicators. Obviously, we can't account for all the different you know, variables that exist Loose in the barometer. For, there you go. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I think I had this morning. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. Thank you. Gross. Gross. Okay. So let's talk about the net worth by 30. So the average net worth for families in the U S under the age of 35 was 67,200 and the median net no, worth 76,000. What did I say? 67. Sorry. That's my dyslexia. Kick it in. $76,200. Mm. The median net worth, however, was $11,100. So your goal at this point in life is to have over half of your salary saved by age 30. So that means if you're making about $40,000 a year, you should have about $20,000 when you turn 30 in savings. Right. Or no, your net worth should be $20,000. Which is above the median but we're also above average because yes. we're, we're learning about personal finance. There you go. Um, right. So net worth by 40. So 40 years old, um, which is kind of where I'm, that's kind of where I'm tipping over to. I'm on the <laughs> other side. Closer to, to the higher end than the lower. Yeah. I, I just tipped. Mm. 
I just so turned sorry 36. for your loss. Yeah, I, I still have more gray hairs than you, though. That's which true. Is very frustrating. But you have more hairs in general. <laughs> That's, so. That is also true. So I probably have more brown hairs and I'm, more gray hairs. <laughs> I'd rather have more hairs be gray than no hairs at all. Thank you. That was the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me today. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Fucking full head of hair, son of a bitch. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So the average net worth for families between the ages of 35 and 44 in 2016 was $288,700. The median was reported at $59,800. So your goal in your 30s is to have twice your yearly salary saved by the age of 40. So that means if you're making $75,000 a year, you should have a net worth of around $150,000 when you turn 40. Mm. I am happy to say that I am there. I've done it. I've beat I've beat the uh average. Congratulations, man. Thank I know you. it was like a long slog. I did it. Mm. So can I quit the show now? <laughs> I, I, I won I won I won life. I've won personal and finance. being only one year into the age range. So you have all the way to 44 to not screw it up. <sighs> <laughs> knowing you you That's got a lot this. of pressure <laughs> anyway uh so by 50 years old okay your net worth by 50 the average net worth for americans between the ages of 45 and 54 is seven hundred and twenty-seven thousand five hundred dollars the median is at one hundred and twenty-four thousand two hundred dollars so by the age of 50, your net worth should be four times your salary, four times your salary. So that means if you make $100,000 a year, your target is to have $400,000 as your net worth. The good news is this is likely to be the time in your career when you are earning the most money you will ever earn. And just again, the reason why your target for $100,000 salary is $400,000 is because you're getting close to retirement yeah. and so you're going to probably live based on the income you're generating and mm -hmm. this is where you need to be yeah okay uh i just keep getting these freaking telemarketer calls on your watch yeah i learned a trick if you uh so i have an apple watch and if you cover your apple watch if you cover it it'll cancel the call oh yeah, so I just have to silence it that's the benefit like a, of the apple watch is now telemarketers <laughs> can tap you on the wrist it's you can like suffocate them. <laughs> it's all very right. cathartic. Uh, all right. So your net worth by the age of 60 years old. So the average net worth for Americans between the ages of 55 and 64 is a whopping $1,167,400. Damn. Thanks, Bezos. Uh, the median <laughs> is $187,300. Currently, the maximum you can contribute to a 401k is $19,000 per year. And for an IRA, it's $6,000 per year, 2019, in case you're listening to this in the future. Or the past. Uh, or the past. Some. <laughs> in case you're Marty McFly and you're too busy banging your mom to hear this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. That makes no sense. All right. However, once you reach age 50, those numbers increase. So the max for a 401k at the age of 50 is $25,000 per year and $7,000 per year for an IRA. So that's a little bit of a catch-up yeah. bonus. Um, words right out of my mouth. Yeah. And now that is the time to max out 
to these increased limits because you are getting older. And also, so medical debt is the biggest cause of bankruptcy in America now, and 40% of those who filed for this reason had health insurance. So do you have enough insurance and the right kinds of insurance? This is going to be important when you're 60 years old. Because medical expenses are going to increase. That's essentially yep. the... Yep. Because your body Not me, is getting though. older. Not you. No, I'm, I'm going to be a bionic man, dude. I thought Six million dollar man. peak physical condition. Dude, my body's a temple. <laughs> a temple of waffles. <laughs> anyway. All right. Finally. Your net worth by retirement age. The average net worth between the ages of 65 and 74 is 1,066,000. Wait, right? Did I say that right? 1,066,000. Your emphasis is on the wrong number. 1,066,000 yeah, and yeah. that's it. So 1,066,000. Mm. Um, the median net worth is 224,000. So huge the million difference. seems high. So, I, you know, um, what I find interesting is that the average net worth at 60, between the ages of 55 and 64, is actually higher than the average net worth between the ages of 65 and 74. Maybe the, the high net worth people have started to spend. Or the med- that's going to medical debt. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, so... Again, the median net worth being $224,000. So when you're ready to retire, you should have 10 times your final salary saved. Um, Now, here's the good thing. So you can use the 4% rule to get your financial retirement numbers. So, for example, if you're cool and you're in, you know, by the the age 65 or 68, I think you start collecting, uh, you can start collecting. And that means like you have like aviators. (sighs) Probably have, wearing a cool like a hoodie or something. Yeah, when you're when you're uh when you're there. When you're, you finally reach cool. Yeah, you finally <laughs> <laughs> took you, you have, a little you have, bit. You're, you you're in your old seventies. Yeah, yeah. Um so I love the idea of using the four percent rule to find out where this is because mm. um basically you can say to yourself, uh, and I was actually talking to my dad about this when he was in town, you know. You want to live on 40 you want to live on 40 grand a year when you're 67, 68. Uh you better have a million dollars in assets or in in you know things that are paying, liquid assets. Uh in order to be able to mm-hmm. withdraw 4% safely and make $40,000 a year, which would be on top of your social security by that point. So And so the real easy way to figure this out, yeah. I mean there's a million ways to play with these numbers you take 40,000 you divide it by 0.04 and then you, it, the result would be a million dollars is what you need to save right so take your number that you currently live on and then you can know what your destination has to be or you gotta yeah. do some changes yeah um all right finally i want to talk about how ways you can improve your net worth and the mm. first one is paying off your fucking debt like focus on that first if you have debt oh for sure I mean, and I'm not talking about, in this case, mortgages, because, mm-hmm. you know. It depends on the interest rate. Sure. Oh, by the way, uh-huh. um, I cannot refinance my house. Remember we talked about that? Yeah, why not? Uh, I don't have 25% equity. Mm. Well, what if you refinanced and did that? And did what? Oh, added 25%? Bumps, bumps, you know, bought, bought. Got it up to that level, yeah. 
would it be then just that's a lot of, a lot of cash profitable? out of hand you know dollar today yeah. is worth more than a dollar tomorrow <laughs> yeah what interest rate are you now though 4.5 and i asked for a streamline and they said it would be 4.7 so oh, it would not, wow. it would not be worth me doing it yeah but I, what could you get it down to that Three, four five points, or something? Huh? No, I mean if you didn't streamline it, if you put twenty, got twenty five percent equity in there, and uh, it's hard to say. I don't know where I don't know where they're at right now. Hmm. Always changes. Love to roll the numbers with you. Uh, yeah, man. I they won't. I mean, I don't. I don't really feel comfortable putting down. Literally twenty five thousand. I would probably be close to twenty five thousand to get twenty five percent equity. I view it all as an optimization problem. Hmm. Hopefully that's true. Hmm. Maybe we'll go over it. All right. Anyway. Maybe that's a whole episode that we do. <laughs> uh, second thing you can do is cut expenses and just spend less in general. This is the my most favorite thing to do ever. Mm. I did it in my business, and then I immediately found it to be incredibly fun, and I brought it to my personal life, and I'm like, I don't even watch sports on Hulu. Who needs Hulu live TV? 60 bucks, out of here, or 40 bucks, yeah. whatever it is. So much fun to cut expenses. Same, dude. Like, it's like nice to like buy the thing and then you forget about it. And I feel like it's doubly nice to cancel it. Cause then yeah. you could be like, oh, okay, especially in today's society of recurring revenue. Cause that's mm. really where we, you get kind of banged up. Yeah, mm. for sure. Um, third thing you could do is save money where it will grow. So not just, you know, hoard it, put it underneath your mattress. Although there's nothing wrong with that. It just makes for a very uncomfortable mattress. Mm. <laughs> no one really thinks about that so they sleep Prince on it the like, prints in the, the wad yeah I mean don't you do you have money under your mattress no we, just, we have like in our house you know but you, you have it on top of the mattress and you just roll around ex- it exactly yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, that's fair. <laughs> we uh, use it as pasties yeah yeah that's perfect yeah just a little little eh, 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 no one can see me do it all right anyway this <laughs> is a podcast Matt don't you know uh, so meaning save it in high interest savings accounts right now I'm using uh Wealthfront because they got pretty high interest for a savings account. And I know why your <laughs> eyes just got big at me because my eyebrows, my caterpillars went up. Oh boy. your my warring chinchillas just went, <laughs> went sky high. They just did a jump move. Um, yeah. Betterman just launched their actual savings and coming soon checking account. That is FDIC approved. Mm. And it has, uh, it's, uh, what is it? 2.69%. Yeah. Is the one that they're like, so highest out there. And basically the idea or what they're trying to do is have like a fully integrated stack. So you can invest with them. You have your savings and your checking. Everything yep. moves seamlessly between, you know, life. Yeah. I, I, um, I had a smart saver account with them, which was the, mm. the 100% bond account. Right. And I and they I switched it. I clicked the button and they shifted it over to the FDIC approved savings account. Oh no shit. Yeah. The only problem I have right now is I want multiple savings accounts. Mm. And right now they only let me have one. Hmm. You know, interestingly though, um I'm surprised only that you have one because FDIC insures you up to two hundred and fifty thousand. But they're no, this insured- is a million. Yeah, because what they do is they take your money and they spread they the layer beneath betterment that you can't see it's spread between four institutions so that you can wow. get up to. Yeah. Because for they're, the people who use betterment, they have more than $250,000. So I'll tell you what, man, the, the more betterment just continues to impress me. 
and I, I and they are not a sponsor of the show. Mm. Um, I've since the first day I heard about them and started using them, I have have I still recommend them highly, more highly than any other service that we've tried running the show. We were we were very lucky before we talked to a single person at this company yeah. or had any relationship with them. We we picked the winning horse. We were it's very fortuitous. Apparently. Mm. So highly recommend it still. Um fourth thing you can do. Ask for a raise. And I will I tell you this. I super believe in this. I will tell you this. If you want some advice, uh, I'm sure we had do we have any episodes on negotiation? We have definitely episodes on negotiation, good ones. Yeah. I'm also going to recommend checking out um Remit Remit Sati's stuff with mm. I will teach you to be rich.com. Mhm. Only because um, I know Steph, uh, my girlfriend, she used his stuff to a T, and and it actually worked. And I know that she's not the only one that's. that's what, what was like the the clencher piece? I, I don't remember. Oh my god! You don't even listen to anything she says, do you? No, not I mean, not not that much. Yeah, you make me sound like an asshole. Okay, but no, she she definitely used his um, workflow, and it totally worked. I have is. found. Asking, well, you'll never get it when you ask first. But you put yep. in the mind in their minds. Then you ask again in a month, and then perhaps in a month you ask again, and it, and it has worked for me. Asking for three times, yep. And then at that third time, if they're just like hell no, like then you just know you have to get a new job. And here's the thing: speaking of a new job, the fifth thing you can do is start a quote unquote side hustle. I don't like using that phrase. Uh, I, I hate the name. Yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about freelance work, getting a second job. You know, if you have some sort of skill in selling handmade stuff on Etsy or eBay, or even if you like sold shit around your house on eBay or Amazon, you can turn that into a business. I used to sell shit on eBay, mm. like just shit that I had in my in my room. And then it slowly worked into a like I had capital. I started buying actual products and then like reselling them like a retail store. So it worked. It was a side. You made some extra money. You know, I, I wish I had the exact numbers, but uh, the the vast majority of people in the U.S. I, I would have thought they would have been employed by like the the Google, the Microsoft, the McDonald's, like these massive yeah. spanning corporations, Amazon. But the vast majority of people are employed by small and medium sized businesses. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing with this like uh, side hustle is often, you know. People who were side hustling, they were maybe starting to work for Matt Givenisi. Now they work full time for Matt Givenisi. And there's like yes. this whole underworld that you probably don't even know where you will often make more per hour than you would elsewhere. I literally have a story. Mm, tell me. I was working full time at a, at, a, at a company. I was doing marketing. Um, it was for a pool company. And I started a side business where I would go and do freelance web design work for other companies. I would go on Craigslist. I would look for people who were looking for website designers. I would submit my websites and my portfolio. I got um, a callback from somebody that was five minutes down the road from my current job. And mm -hmm. so one day after work, I popped on over there and sat in a boardroom with the owner of the company and some of his like, you know, cronies. cronies. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say cronies? I said cronies. You said yeah. jabronies? I said cronies. But oh, we, okay. Yeah. Some of his jabronies. <laughs> Some of these jabronis, uh, we're looking at the PowerPoint presentation. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we're looking at a <clears throat> PowerPoint presentation. And I started working on the website. And he loved it. And I got offered a full-time position. 
for ten thousand dollars more than I was making at my current job. Damn. And so uh, I ended up asking my current boss for a raise because I'm like, hey, I got this other job. Um, it's like five minutes down the road. It's a pr- pretty much the same job, but I'd rather stay here. And then instead of giving me the raise, he just ended up firing me, which then I went and worked for that other company and made $10,000 more. So either way, I worked. it worked That's out. That's pathetic that he had to fire you. He has yeah. such a delicate ego. Ugh. Yeah, well, yeah, that was unfortunate. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I got a $10,000 raise was by starting a side hustle, basically. And meanwhile, it wasn't even that hard that you were worth 10000 more and that someone knowing you for minutes, maybe hours, yeah, is willing to pay you that versus someone who sees you every day. Is not, and I will say though, um, and when I when I'm talking about ten thousand dollars more, I was making, I think fifty k mm. a year at the time. I got hired at sixty k a year, but I pitched eighty k, <laughs> and he laughed in my face mm. when I, he was like, "Well, he's like, hey, I want you to work for me. Like, what would, what do you want? I'm like eighty thousand. He was like, okay, uh, no, and I was like. <laughs> Uh, and he like came back with me at 60 and I was like, yeah, fine. Cause I was like, I didn't want to lose the opportunity. So, and I was and like, I was still ten- respected you more for, you know, shooting yeah, high. for shooting high. I, I, and I just didn't want to lose the opportunity cause it was still 10 grand more than my current position. So I'm just saying that there's opportunity out there, um, in that specific example. And I had no college education PS, mm-hmm. by the way, uh, the sixth thing you can do is invest in real estate, buy a house, you know? Obviously, a lot of your income comes from that. A lot of your net worth is mm. is attributed to that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, last but not least, and we say this more than we can probably count. It's my favorite. If your company is offering a 401k, take the match 100%. Mm. Please. If they'll match you dollar for dollar up to $5,000, that means take- you can get $5,000 free from your company yeah. by literally doing what you should be doing anyways. And you're putting that money in before tax. Yeah. So, so reduce your taxable income. It's like all cheating. It literally is like cheating. Yeah. If you missed anything in this episode, that's it. We will have everything in the show notes. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. We've mentioned a few things. They'll all be there. Either check your preferred podcast app or visit listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And please subscribe wherever you normally listen to podcasts. Tell your friends about us. That's how we get listens. We don't really promote this as well as we should. It's all word of mouth. Right? Yeah. We, we've not really done anything. It's like an accidental. Join the uh, LMM not Army. Not an accident by any means. We, yeah. we tried very, very hard. You know what? Join the LMM Army. Let's get out there. Let's spread the good word about good personal finance, responsible, smart personal finance practices. Let's, mm. let's activate. Let's activate the troops. Let's get out there. Yeah. Make it happen. What do you think? I think that would be awesome. Let's do that. A little street team action. Just trying, just trying to help people. Yeah. Matt and I in our humble Old Navy garb. <laughs> <laughs> just, just living life Old Navy style. That's right. So, look. Sponsored t- by Old Navy. Sponsored by Old Navy. Who pays <laughs> us nothing and is such a big company and doesn't give a shit about us. Uh, so, <laughs> tell your friends about us. Point them to your favorite episodes and hopefully they'll become a subscriber and... Just make the army that much bigger, that much more powerful. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about on future episodes of the show, please, for the love of God, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. We love hearing what's going on out there. Everything gets read. Everything gets read. Often discussed. Sometimes greened. Yeah. 
That is stupid. Uh, it took me a second. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green. We'll Ult- do green. Ultimate dad joke. You got to get, you, you know, you're going to have to up your game with those dad jokes. <laughs> One sec. Just writing that one down. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Andrew's working on a book. That's right. Dad jokes that'll make anyone cry in fear. <laughs> in fact, all the tools and resources we normally mention on the show are available at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. That's it. Thanks again. Later, Andrew. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.